0: What is up? It's Dakota Laden here from Destination Fear, and you are listening to the Paranomaly Zone.
1: A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats, living together,
0: Pass this Okay, so I feel like I'm at an emotional crossroads, uh, an emotional podcast cross, uh, crossroads, Mike.
1: Uh, I'm concerned. I'm intrigued and concerned.
0: Oh, well, that Tell makes me feel. Tell
1: me about good.
0: this debacle. I, I, that makes me feel cared for. And, and, uh,
1: well, you are. Would you like a warm blanket?
0: Well, uh, can you send it to me somehow from Enderlin <laughs> to here right now? Uh, it's like well, I'll just run it now. over real quick. My my little warm comfort blankie. No, yeah, I feel like I'm at a podcast emotional crossroads for this particular episode, and our our our, our forays into the horrific world of true crime. Um, yeah, if you haven't figured it out already, we're finally diving back. The Paranomaly Zone is diving back into that awful world of true crime, and my emotional. Uh, crossroads, so to speak, Mike, is that I'm always excited when we finally come back and do some true crime, just sh- sh- nasty shit.
1: <laughs> As am I.
0: But then I feel bad and guilty because this shit happened. And we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast. And so I, I'm, my emotions are twisted. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm like, ooh, I'm rubbing my hands together. But then it's like, oh, my God, this is real. This is real mm. shit, and I've already swore like three or four times. I apologize. I know, but uh, that's but yeah, what that's this stuff what happens. Has actually
1: happened. Yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't some story that came out of a sick, demented mind that just writes about it. This is true fact, life and death that happened from a true sick and twisted mind.
0: And Ugh. today is no exception. We're going to be uh, talking about. Uh, uh, uh several examples of just unbelievably heinous disgusting um cases of true crime and this in uh, in this our focus i should say tonight is on absolutely brutal and horrific examples of murder that have gone down in the annals of um
1: Gosh, is it know. annals or is it anal
0: i I hope it's not anals I really um, I really hope it isn't anals oh by the else? way Mike if we want to get the humor out let's get it out before we <laughs> dive into <stuff.
1: laughs> yeah hey we're gonna need it after too oh uh,
0: that's very very true my gosh you know which, um,
1: which uh, reminds me that there really needs to be a, a, a bit of a disclaimer on here a bit of a warning a a uh, you know
0: you know that's a great thank point you. thank you for bringing that up because in yeah. all sincerity. Some of these cases that we're going to be talking about tonight, we're not focusing on any particular whacked-out, crazed, nut-job serial killer like we have on our past um, true crime episodes. We're not talking about unsolved cases of true crime. We're talking about, as I mentioned earlier, just some of the most heinous, brutal acts of murder um, you'll ever hear about. And in all sincerity... If you don't want to listen to this, um, we don't blame you. Uh, Just kind of fast forward till the very end and press play. So then it'll count as a download.
1: (laughs) You got to throw that press play in there. That's that's very,
0: very good. Gosh, you can't let me get away from that, can you? Yeah, uh, you won't. Yeah. Well, and new (laughs) listeners to the show are going like, what? (laughs) That's all good.
1: Stay tuned in. We'll talk about it again soon, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) But, you know, some of these, (laughs) some of the stuff we're talking about, and I mean, we're talking about, crimes that involve kids children as young as 13 months old that's just one case in particular i mean uh it was disturbing when you and i were kind of going over this last night and we were yeah. honestly debating whether or not this might be too much and, yeah well um, the,
1: the the seven cases that i did you know kind of gloss over i i or glance over i started reading them, and i was able to and then it got to be where it was too much and i had to kind of just skim a little bit and and i thought oh, i'll, I'll wait for the rest of these until until we record i mean it is horrendous uh oh, there's
0: absolutely. stuff that i
1: really don't think that we should even I'm, I'm looking at it right now and it's i don't know i i don't understand how anybody that was born into this the human race can do things like this.
0: Well, it makes you wonder. Like, how can you be um, the same species as Ugh. I? You know, I, I mean, you you have to be the devil or something. I mean, there's this. There's no explanation other. Th- I mean, obviously, we have mental illness. You have so many other. I don't
1: have mental illness. Well, not you. I'm not saying. You, our, said, you said we have mental illness, and uh, did speak I speak for yourself?
0: Well, I, okay. Well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase anyway, that. I, yeah, I'm just. I, I was thinking I was talking about. I think I was going for, um, you know, alleged explanations for listing
1: off what we have in this world as a collective.
0: I'm just saying they're all sick and twisted bastards, yeah, and they all extremely. should rot in hell. You know, if there is so a hell, it, I hope they're there.
1: Right. So, is this can can we consider this a sick and twisted episode as well?
0: Well, you know what? Um, it, the sick and twisted was a Patreon exclusive, mm-hmm. so I think we should we should just keep this as true crime because maybe we'll um maybe we'll bring back the sick and twisted in in the future for another yeah. go around with those um that sub series I should say. And okay, before I forget, um, we really want some feedback here from from listeners. I know we asked about ask you to let us know what you guys think. Every episode, and we want to hear from you. We really this time we really need to hear from you because uh, changes to the podcast may be a coming, um, but I'm not sure. We're not nothing,
1: nothing drastic, nothing that isn't going to be too difficult to follow along.
0: And I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to pull the same mistake like I did before, where (laughs) when we were the alternate podcast for about seven years, and then I decided one day, nope, we're done. (laughs) We're going to have a new name. We're starting over, and then I didn't even announce it, you know, (laughs) to all of our. Alternate I think you're route podcast. Yeah, li- <laughs> no, 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 we did like one episode. At, I, I don't even know how it went, but I, I screwed it up yeah. so bad. So I, I apologize if. Well, how will they be hearing? How will they be listening us right? Listening yeah. right now, but if I, I can just imagine alternate route podcast listeners out there still going like, where the hell did they go? <laughs> you know, I used to listen to these guys, and then they were just gone.
1: Yeah, and then, then, you know, some of them are probably thinking, that that guy that was usually sick all the time, he probably died. Oh something. my
0: lord. No. <laughs> well, I I don't think that you were sick at that point. I think you were just like depressed. I think that was yeah. during that time yeah. when you're at your lowest low for a while there, but Yeah. But um no, we wanted to get that out there right now. We're we are considering making the Paranomaly Zone a YouTube exclusive podcast. We're going to really, I mean, if we did that, we're going to obviously focus on all uh, video content. We'd still be recording episodes like tonight's, and they would be exclusive to the YouTube channel. When I say be exclusive, well, I'm sure you can figure it out. It wouldn't be available anywhere else. It wouldn't be on Spotify. It wouldn't be on Pandora. It wouldn't be on iHeartRadio. It wouldn't be on iTunes or anything like that. It'd just be YouTube. Um, we have several reasons for doing that, but we really, really want to grow our YouTube channel um, and this and is Patrick a, this wants is to be a
1: YouTube star
0: oh yes thank you for saying that Mike. that's exactly <laughs> what it's all about yes we want to be YouTube starlets um,
1: Well, you should see the pair of sunglasses he bought for that occasion
0: <laughs> whatever covered in glitter don't forget the glitter yeah. yep and I got the I got, like, Just network. don't
1: go by the name Gary if you're gonna put glitter on oh, it. Oh,
0: good God, no! Why'd you have to go there? We're already sick I know. and twisted. We don't need disturbed. to talk, talk about sick to, and twisted people. We don't need to exactly. don't need to bring up disgraced British pop music icons. And <laughs> is he even considered an icon? I don't even know.
1: Well, that one hit wonder that was an awesome song. He's still kick on that one.
0: Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I get you, but he's he's a that's pig. a
1: real toe tapper there.
0: He's a pig. That's all. Yeah. That <laughs> <is. laughs> But, um, hey, hey, a long long time uh, or a long intro here, but you are in the paranormal Zone, your weekly dose for all things. Hey, you guessed it, paranormal, strange, and mysterious. And on occasion, we have our little uh, forays into the horrific world of true crime. And tonight is no exception. My name is Patrick Hoffenberg and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy, himself, the man whose middle name should be turned to sloth, Mike Carbno. I have no idea why I said that. Mike, I'm teasing you because... I know you are. It was about three hours ago when you said, we're on our way home.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: And so now it's about three and a half hours since I got that text. And so I can just imagine... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you know what, Patrick? If it would have been you texting, you still wouldn't have been home.
0: That's very it true. Been,
1: if it would have been turned around the other way. so
0: Okay. That's, well, <laughs> well, the thing to... is, is
1: we had to get some groceries.
0: No, no, and... no, no, no. no. Don't, don't walk away from that little jab <laughs> okay, at my driving ahead. speed right there. You <laughs> just can't get past that one now, can you? <laughs> See, I, I like to drive safely, yes. respectfully. I'm not mm-hmm. a crazy madman like you are behind the wheel.
1: Patrick is—he uh, he makes sure he's so safe it pisses off the other drivers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good, right? We kid, we kid, and no, your name is not uh, your middle name is not Sloth. So um, I retract that statement. Um, it's a slowpoke. How about that?
1: Yes. Well, that the groceries were hard to carry in, and I. Had a, we had a lot. And, I know,
0: I know, and I felt bad when you said that. You're like we're carrying in the groceries, and as our longtime yeah. listeners know, you are literally one armed right now. So, yeah. Uh, I and
1: I handle. did not have my tactical cane, so I couldn't hang like multiple bags on the handle. <laughs> I was carrying. I was using my shillelagh, which you know you can't hang anything
0: on that. So man, a multiple, uh, multiple usage there from your uh, oh, the multifaceted shillelagh, I should say. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah.
1: Well, the clearly the only other thing you can use that for besides walking is beating on somebody. So
0: okay, okay. Well, that might fit into this episode then. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. Now before a I forget, here, Before <laughs> before I forget here, Mike, um, as longtime listeners know, we focus heavily on all things paranormal, strange and mysterious. Uh, basically, a ninety-nine percent all things paranormal. And it seems like it's been a while since you, the co-host with the ghosts, the Paranormal poster Boy, has had some odd happenings going on in your whereabouts. But as of earlier this week, something very intriguing happened. Oh, it's very uh, intriguing. Now, you texted me this, and I want you to share it with our listeners and me again, because this is pretty darn cool. Oh, Mike's gagging. Okay, he's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm fine now. <clears throat> Yeah, it was very interesting. It all it all actually started uh, sometime during the winter when uh, Mishka, our uh, great Pyrenees, uh, we lost her dog tags. There was like four, three or four tags on a little cheap ring that was hanging on her collar. Well, I put uh, a tie out on her to let her out, you know, so she wouldn't jump over the fence and run away like she has before long story but anyway
0: broken your so ribs. i think
1: it, it, yeah when i noticed that they were missing i thought well you know they must have got caught on her leash or whatever and you know in the snow somewhere so i just you know wrote it off uh, kind of well i did look for them in the house to see if they might be here but uh couldn't find them um moved furniture i sweep every day because of the dog fur not around so anyway uh earlier that week Mishka was laying on the floor in front of us by the couch and uh all of a sudden heard this like this tinny clinky sound like something being thrown on the floor so uh, what the heck is that I got up and Mishka she you know she lifted her head like you know she it surprised her and that's where it sounded like it came from in that area. So I got up and I looked, and here's one of the dog tags off of that ring. And it's like, where did this come from? You know, uh, and I thought, well, wasn't stuck in her fur, wasn't stuck in her collar. I know because I've had her collar off between you know between these times. Um, but there it was. Like to me, it seemed paranormal. You know, like it popping out of the sky or somebody dropping it down here. Here's one of the dog tags. And like you said, you,
0: you are, you're, you keep up on sweeping due to the dog. Every
1: three times a day. I mean, a Pyrenees and a shepherd. It's like,
0: and that includes under (laughs) the furniture.
1: Oh yeah. You have to. Yeah. Uh, Well, and I've even moved the furniture out from the wall. Besides, instead of just going under the, like the front and sides, move it out, get everything in, out from underneath it, you know, nothing. So anyway, a couple of days later, Mishka's laying on the floor again, on the other side um, of the couch, uh, by the uh, by the couch on the floor, and uh, heard this again, this clink, you know, just something like being thrown on the floor. And, you know, Mary and I look at each other's like, okay, you know, what is this? It's like the other night. I get up and go and look, and by her, Mishka, on the floor is the rest of the dog tags on this cheap ring. Well, this ring, it was, it was bent in such a weird way, like, um, you know, it wasn't pulled apart where it would have opened, but the ring was pushed further together, so it made a tighter hole for the where the tags would be hanging. So this one, how it came off, I have no idea. And the other three, there is no way they were coming off by the way this ring was bent. So, you know, I tried to figure it out. I tried to think how this could have happened, where they could have come from, but they were thrown on the floor. I mean, it was obvious the way it sounded.
0: That is so crazy. And you immediately after, you know, I reacted initially to this, tale you know well this <laughs> i'm not gonna call it a tale to this occurrence you said that sounds just like something that my dad would have done
1: yeah and by I, that
0: you mean what
1: um in in kind of a joking way because well you know me being a jokester my dad he was a huge jokester um and it's like i could imagine him as a spirit can't see him but he's like, here, have your dog tags back, and doing it the way he did. Here, have this one today. I'll give you the other ones in a few days, and make sure that throws them on the floor to where we hear it
0: I when we're all here idea. together.
1: You I know, love that. You know, and and I can see him smiling as he's doing it. Because I,
0: so. I I had when I reacted to that I wrote I wrote back said like, man, I think one of the things I I suggested was perhaps something like. Swiped these from you guys forever ago back in you know earlier this winter and due to your like kind of lack of even really noticing it or something they were like kind of flustered and frustrated and so they're like well fine have them back clank you yeah know? yeah and so it was kind yeah, of yeah. similar to what you what you were eventually suggesting it may have been like your dad's kind of like playing those pranks on you and he's like well right I'll let you know finally. And he's just giggling somewhere in the other dimension right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I texted you back and I said, This is kind of like what I'm going to do to you someday.
0: (laughs) That's right. That (laughs) is right. And I said, Please, (laughs) please keep it um, uh, civilized. (laughs) Yeah. Well, don't do anything uh, too um, out of the ordinary. If you know what I mean, I mean you've always said you're gonna punch me or slap me or something
1: like. Yeah, that, oh, I'd have to be more subtle than that. Yeah, start whispering something in your ear like press
0: play, uh, and I'd know immediately who <laughs> it was. I yep. know immediately.
1: <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. That's crazy anyway. though.
0: So, but um, you have a good vibe. You have a good feeling that that was something indeed paranormal. Paranormal that happened.
1: Oh, absolutely. The way you know, I, the way I was thinking about it, and trying to figure it out, and there's just no way. I, I can't figure it out.
0: I love that. I love, you know, experiences like that. There's, I mean, even, even those pseudo skeptics out there, they have to be mildly intrigued by something, just knowing something like that. Just knowing that you are, you're doing your due diligence as far as sweeping and you've been looking for these yep. tags for yep. months and you've never seen them. They haven't been just sitting right on your, on a counter right next to your, your couch that you just never yeah. seen for months, you yep. know, they, they Absolutely. have not they, they been They would have there. been
1: found, Yeah, you know, they would have been found that, you know, if that was the case.
0: <laughs> well, Mike, um, are you ready? Are you ready to oh, dive into this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, those emotional crossroads I'm experiencing right now, I'll get through them. Because, you know what, hey, we're the lucky ones because we haven't gone through horrific shit like this, like these poor, poor victims had to endure. Again, um, if you guys want to check out right now, we don't blame you. Some of the stuff gets pretty harsh. Uh, Mike, let's take a brief time-traveling excursion. Yes, we're back to doing that because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, I will see you in like a minute or two. To our listeners, it shall be seamless. Hold on, boys and girls. We shall be right. All right, we are back. So, Mike, how was your time traveling excursion? Did you see anything cool? I don't know because I passed out. Really? It's the speed. It's the speed of these time traveling excursions. I can't. I can't take it sometimes. I just
1: I think you hit the wrong portal. I actually saw Demetriadon. A Demetridon. Okay, that's
0: like two or three episodes <laughs> in a row. Now you've mentioned that, or at least two out of the last three, or something. Well, like that. <laughs> that's
1: why I brought it up this time. I kind of keeping that that uh, theme going. I understand.
0: I actually, understand.
1: You, you know, actually, believe it or not, I have a little figure of one about about that big.
0: Do you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike and his little Demetrodon.
1: Actually, I have some of my little dinosaurs still that I had when I was a little kid. And even some of my little green army men still that I...
0: Oh, used to I anyway. know, you have a, a plethora of cool stuff down in that basement yeah. of yours that you need to go through. And,
1: oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Mike, are you ready for this? I uh, am.
1: I it, it took a lot of prep, but yes, I am ready.
0: Uh, we, yeah, we got Men, to clean our palate a little bit here because some, like I said, some of these things are just, I mean, they're all awful, but some of them just, yeah. they're they make you sick to your stomach. You know, and there's, the thing is that's truly sad about it. This is what a microscopic percentage right. of the stuff yeah. that goes on in this world, you know, and it's it's mind-boggling. It's mind-numbing. There, I went through so much stuff. There's so many cases that definitely rank up there as truly horrific and awful, and some of them don't even. When compared to what we're about ready to share, I mean, you can't rank these, you can't rate them, because as we said, they're all just devilish and heinous.
1: Oh yeah, they 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 don't fit into a a category of rating. There's no, just no. They don't. They, they yeah, it doesn't. It can't be done.
0: Some of the cases though, Mike, that I was flying through that you know we're not going to dive into, they're just as terrible. Um, some. You know, true crime aficionados out there, you know, they might be familiar with the stuff that we're going to talk about, um, which wouldn't be be uh, surprising, that's for sure. Some of these were new to me, not all of them, but some examples that we're not going to dive into, like the case of Diane Downs, Mike, from nineteen eighty three, where she she attempted to murder her three little kids. Back in nineteen eighty-three, she she succeeded in one murder. The other one ended up suffering like a, a stroke. The other one was paralyzed from like the waist down after her attack. And the reason that she tried to kill her three little kids is because her because of her obsession with a married man that she was with or slash wanted to be with, who did not want kids. He did not want to have any kids. So, oh, okay, I'll just kill mine.
1: Sacrifice her kids for a, uh, yeah. And what did he think of that? Did,
0: <laughs> I know, don't. I mean, I just. Ugh. It 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 it's truly mind-boggling. What do you think about this, Mike? The case of Mary Bell. This one is, it's astonishing, and you'll understand why it's astonishing. Aside from its grotesque nature, Mary Bell, when she was ten years old, she committed her first murder. She strangled and killed a four-year-old boy. Then she also, after that, strangled and killed a three-year-old boy, this time with the help of an accomplice. And this time they carved their initials into the boy's body, removed the boy's genitalia, mutilated him. She's 10 years old. She's Mm -hmm. 10. Well, the astonishing part is she was sent away for 12 years. And at the age of 23, she was granted anonymity and she lives in England right now and has her own daughter under a oh, man. different name. Hmm. How do you... Oh, I know she's 10. How, how the hell can she be granted anonymity? I there's what I'm probably pissing people off already. There's something there to strangling someone to death and then mutilating them to such a degree. In 12 years, she's okay after doing that?
1: Uh, it's, I can't. Imagine that being possible. And where did she in her mind did how did she come up with this to do this at that age? What has she is there something that she's seen or what she's lived through that you know that's
0: exactly is such
1: a tragic thing and, and it, it it's what how she turned out and then she had an accomplice at a young age as well?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I
1: mean, to be able to find somebody that would commit such a crime at such a young age uh, to do uh, i don't know
0: see i mean i'm I, it's, we're already just like yeah fuddled it's so maddening so maddening again so many unfortunately Gruesome, so many gruesome examples out there, you know, the, the Black Dahlia murders, you know, the obviously oh, yeah. Charlie Manson, the Sharon Tate slaughters, uh, well, the, the LaBianca murders, I should say. Um, I mean, the list sadly goes on and on and on and on. It really makes you scratch your head as to how the hell the human mind is capable of sinking to such depths. Well, you want to dive into this stuff, Mike—the stuff that we were speaking <laughs> of last night. Yeah, are,
1: you, are we talking about the seven?
0: <sighs> yeah, I have a couple other stuff that I that I wrote down. We'll see if we get to those as well.
1: I will follow your lead, but
0: we'll we'll focus on <laughs> these grotesque. <laughs> I just get the willies. It's awful, purely awful. So when I sent you this last night, and it took a few minutes before you you replied, and then you're like, yeah. "Nope, nope," <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Nope." There's like, would that be too far? Would we push? Would we be pushing the, the limit? I think you said, but or I yeah. I, I don't know how, how you, know. you worded that. But uh, now, were you familiar in uh, before I sent you this list? Because out of this list that we're going by as reference, I was only familiar with one case. Fairly familiar with, and I was referring to the toolbox killers, right? Um, and you wrote back that you thought that you had seen a movie back in the day that may have loosely, may have been loosely based on this, on this oh. gross case.
1: I wonder if it was, you know, I it, the the movie was called the Toolbox Murder, murders or something like that, and I remember seeing it in a the drive-in theater in Fargo, North Dakota, back in the 70s, later 70s, probably. Um, But uh, I wish I could remember, you know, how the the movie went totally, because I can't, you know, place it when I read, you know, the actual account. But, you know, it could have been loosely based, like you said.
0: Now, we, you know, an easy way to figure that out was just see the dates of when these murders were, you know, committed. Right,
1: and I did think of that, but I didn't do it.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like
1: other movies like uh, um, Last House on the Left and Don't Look in the Basement. I mean, those I think were, especially Last House on the Left, I think they were actually based on true murder, crime. Yeah, uh, you're right with that. Revenge type. Yeah. And and those, you know, in the 70s, those were those nasty slasher, you know, movies that just, you know, when I was a little kid and I heard about those, I was like, I could never see that because I'd be throwing up through the whole movie, (laughs) you know, but.
0: You know the well, reason just, that I was, I was familiar with this is because I had, I'm sh- I'm sure yeah. it may have been doing some quote unquote research into a, a potential true crime episode a while you know a while back because yeah. it wasn't that long ago and it came across this just terrible case of the toolbox killer or, uh, killers and we're talking about Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris who um, went on a murder spree that killed five California teen girls. And, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, yeah, some of their torture devices implied in these murders came from toolboxes, and you can kind of imagine where they went with that. But the absolutely horrific and just, I'm going to say horrific about 970,000 times this episode, and I apologize. But and that's
1: putting it lightly. The
0: purely awful aspect of this is that these freaking white trash hillbilly murderous scumbags... Recorded on audio their final murder, their final torture of this poor girl. Shirley Ledford was the one who unfortunately had to go through this. Their final you know, four other poor souls had to go through this as well. But they thought it'd be they thought it'd be fun to sit there and record their torture and eventual murder of this girl. and you can find the transcripts online of what was Damn. said. What she yeah. screamed, what she was pleading, what they were saying, what they were forcing her to do—it's—it's it's just grotesque.
1: Yeah, they do have on this this uh, site that we're reading from, or,
0: yeah, there is a little there is a little excerpt right here.
1: It, it's very.
0: Well, Mike froze up. He's so <laughs> he's disturbed. Hey, it's been it's been a while since. Uh, um, it's been a while since we've had a um, a, a frozen moment. Not the cartoon frozen, <laughs> an on-air frozen moment. There he is. Mike always looks so dejected when he comes back from being frozen. But uh, yeah, we know our internet connection is unstable. We get it. We got it. And Mike went cross-eyed because of the latest excursion into bad connections. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like a game show. It's like Mike freezes, and every time he, come, he comes back, he's got a different facial expression. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway. No,
0: as Mike was saying, there is an excerpt here. Um, well, there's a reason this is grotesque and a reason that it's uh, tough to listen to, but I-, I will read this excerpt if you're okay with it. Okay. Mike. Uh, This is an excerpt from that audio recording. An excerpt from the transcript, I should say. Right. It goes as this. It says, At this point after Bitteker had forced Shirley to flate him, repeated sounds of an administered beating interspersed with loud screams can be heard as Bitteker savagely beats Shirley about the breasts and to a lesser degree her head. Bittaker then extracted his pliers from the toolbox. Shirley then emits several high-pitched, prolonged screams and cries of agony as Bittaker alternately squeezes and twists her labia, clitoris, nipples, and breasts with the pliers. <coughs> Bitteker then returns the pliers to the toolbox. Banging sounds can also be heard throughout, which are believed to have been made as Shirley came into contact with the walls and inner context of the van as she writhed and flailed. Now these are quotes it's at Ledford. My God, please stop it. She screams. Bitteker is the recorder going Norris. Yeah. Bitteker scream, baby scream some baby. And that's, those are mild examples of what yeah. is found on these, these transcripts. It's, Oh, these bastards. They have both uh, passed away. They're both sentenced to life. And they both passed away within the last like five years, I believe, uh, in their late 70s. Hmm. That's far too, far too easy of a punishment for them to live that long of a flipping it's life.
1: It's not a punishment at all.
0: They're getting health care. They get to watch TV, probably. They get, you know, three meals a day.
1: Tater tots and applesauce and everything.
0: Good God. What freaking. Oh,
1: Uh, Hopefully they are um, have uh, been going through what some type of punishment at this point.
0: Oh hell yeah, hell freaking yeah! Hopefully they've been come back. Maybe they'll be reincarnated as cockroaches and be like you know squashed every every day for the rest. I don't know. I have maybe they
1: maybe they will come uh, back as uh, the woman that they killed, and and then then they have have to go through that point. Then they have to yes. go through
0: it. Ugh. Anyway. Good Christ. Um, the... Oh, God. Yeah, some of these are so... Well, all of them are terrible, but... <laughs> they just get so bad. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> <clears throat> the murder of Kellyanne Bates. Kellyanne Bates was horrifically tortured for days before her tormentor finally killed her. Below in this list are a few examples of what she went through. By the way, we're using a list from thoughtcatalog.com here. I went and I had, I saved all these sites or all these examples so I can go through, you know, maybe a little longer versions of these reads, a little more details, but then. I figured I'd just stick to this because I don't know how much I could take. Um, Kellyanne, I, Bates, I can
1: I can help you read through some of these if you wish. Oh sure, uh, sure, sure. If, if it gets me to too much for you, I th- you
0: I think out. I'll be fine. Um, Kellyanne Bates, born May eighteenth, nineteen seventy eight, brutally murdered April sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Kellyanne was a British teenager was murdered at the age of 17 in Manchester after being tortured for four long weeks. Kelly's eyes were gouged from their sockets up to three weeks before she actually died. She died from being drowned in a bathtub. Now, these crimes were committed by her partner, James Patterson Smith. What a guy. Now below, they share some of the specific, specific injuries that Kelly had to endure (coughs) during these weeks of torture. (sighs) Scalding to the buttocks and left leg. Burns on her thigh caused by the application of a hot iron. A fractured arm multiple stab wounds wounds caused by knives forks and scissors stab wounds inside her mouth crush injuries to both hands mutilation of her ears nose eyebrows mouth lips and genitalia wounds caused by a spade and pruning Shears. As we mentioned before, both eyes were gouged out. Later, stab wounds to the empty eye sockets. Finally, she was partially scalped. Good God Almighty. All thanks to Mr. James Patterson Smith. Mike. The partner her part man how are you feeling I, so far
1: i i don't understand
0: that's no, you just we we scratch our heads yeah we're just we shake our heads <clears throat>
1: it's these are true monster stories this is you know this goes beyond creatures that we've talked about many times this is
0: that's a good way of putting it too. Pure, creatures
1: yeah Hideous, Ugh. uh,
0: yeah, you can go. Uh, let's let's alternate for the remaining few here, Mike. Okay, yeah, um, if you're comfortable with that, of course.
1: Oh, absolutely. Let's see, this is a story of Junko Feruda. <clears throat> okay, Furuda was a 17 year old Japanese girl whose case became known as the concrete encased high school girl murder case. Well, Feruda was kidnapped by four teenage boys, and aside from the brutality of the assault against her, the most disturbing thing is that she has, she was held at one of the kidnappers' houses, and his parents were present the entire time, and they knew what was going on and did nothing to stop it. (sighs) Also extremely disturbing is that ferruta turned 17 while she was in captivity and enduring these horrors there's something tremendously upsetting about that
0: oh yeah <laughs> my
1: god well yeah that's what it says and uh, goes without saying exactly uh, to avoid concern over her abduction the perpetrators forced ferruta to call her parents and tell them that she would be staying at a friend's house for a while over the course of her confinement Feruda was repeatedly raped, beaten, and tortured by her four captors until they killed her. The parents of Kami Saku were present in the home for at least part of the time that Feruda was held captive, and though she pleaded with them for help, they did not intervene, later claiming that they feared their son too much to do so. The killers hid her corpse in a 208 liter oil drum filled with concrete. They disposed of the drum in a tract of reclaimed land in Nakoto, Tokyo.
0: Okay, I have to say one thing. I have to ask (sighs) one thing. Damn those parents. Damn them. At least. What in God's name? That is your child. And you're afraid to intervene? Man. You're pathetic. They are just as culpable, just as guilty. They have they are just as much to be blamed as the murderers and her torturers. I mean, I'm not overstepping my bounds in saying that by any means. That is absolutely grotesque.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, no explanation can be given. I can't even Nothing.
0: begin to wrap my head around that. Your daughter is going through that. In the floor below you. The level below you. She's pleading for your help, and you, you think do nothing. You would come to the point
1: where, where where nothing would matter, but getting out, leaving there, and and getting help.
0: Even if you risked your damn life, of course you're going down there. Yeah. My God. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to her parents, but I I. I don't mean to sound too harsh, but I really hope that they are suffering somehow. Grotesque. That's another one of my favorite words tonight. Absolutely grotesque. Makes you feel kind of nauseous when you think about it. Oh, man.
1: There there are kind of funny things I want to put into here, little quips, but I just can't. You can't. (laughs) I I can't.
0: Oh, my God.
1: You know, and that that's saying a lot about me, about, you know, for me.
0: Um, just because I wrote down the names, I don't think they were shared in this article, but I did look up and find the names of the perpetrators for this. Just brutal and uh, I'm running out of adjectives. I just, I don't know how else to describe them. I'm talking about the murder of two-year-old James Bulger. Now, the thing is, as brutal, as horrific, as atrocious as this poor kid's murder was, kind of similar to Mary Bell. Well, guess what? His two murderers, John Venables and Robert Thompson, were both 10 year old boys. 10 year old boys. In 1993, in England, two-year-old James Bulger was abducted by two 10-year-olds at the mall while James' mother was distracted. I can imagine the guilt that James' mother has felt for the rest of her life.
1: would never be the same.
0: Now, after taking James from the mall, the two boys took Bulger on a two-and-a-half-mile walk. At one point, they picked bulger up and dropped him on his head which caused him to have a bump on his head and according to bystanders caused James to begin crying the two then took him up an embankment and onto a set of railroad tracks where they began torturing the poor kid now these are some of the details that this starts getting pretty pretty uh, bleak and uh, tough to listen to some of the details. At the trial, it was established that at this location, one of the boys threw blue humbrol modeling paints, which they had shoplifted earlier, of course they did. They threw it right into Bulger's left eye. They then kicked and stomped on Bulger and threw bricks and stones at him. Batteries were placed in Bulger's mouth. Police believe that some batteries may have been inserted into his anus, although none were actually found. Finally, a 22-pound iron bar, described in court as a railway fish plate, was dropped on top of Bulger. Bulger suffered 10 skull fractures as a result of the iron bar striking his head The case's pathologist, Dr. Alan Williams, stated that Bulger suffered so many injuries, 42 in total, that none could be isolated as the fatal blow. Police suspected that there was a sexual element to the crime since Bulger's shoes, socks, trousers, and underpants had been removed. The pathologist's report read out in court stated that Bulger's foreskin had been forcibly retracted. Before they left him, the boys laid a two-year-old James Bulger across the railway tracks and weighted his head down with rubble in the hope that a train would hit him and make his death appear to be an accident. After Bulger's killers left the scene, his body was cut in half by train. Bulger's severed body was discovered two days later. Yeah. Words and for that, Mike. Words. No. Anything.
1: <laughs> uh, what happened to these God. kids?
0: Good Lord Almighty. Uh, my you got the list in front of you, right? I do. Okay, so I'm going to exit. I'll let you read this. This last example here. It's just so. I, well, last for now. The Amora, okay. the Amora Bain Carson mm-hmm. case, because I want to right now. On air, I want to look up what happened to these (coughs) 2 monsters. So John, Venables, and Robert Thompson. Okay, where are Thompson and Venables now? Oh, huh. You wouldn't say. Kind of similar to Mary Bell, I see. Really? So Venables and Thompson were both jailed for life. But, oh, shocking, were released on license with new identities in 2001, a mere eight years after committing these crimes. Venables, however, was 40 years old when he was sent back to prison in 2010 and 2017 for possessing indecent images of children. jeez. Oh, no kidding. He was refused parole in 2020. Good. Okay, this kid obviously Oh my god. He was a monster when he was 10. They were both monsters right. when they were 10. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Oh, he's a kid. He had problems. He has mental illness. Fuck that. I'm dropping the F bombs. He was a monster. The devil incarnate right there. Both these little bastards. You okay, Mike?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm I'm just <laughs> oh. uh I'm enthralled with your rant.
0: <laughs> oh my god. You should-
1: yeah, but you got a little, you got a little line of clear snot coming out of your nose. Oh. I do. I do. I, I mean that. Yeah. And a little bit of spit coming out of the other corner of your mouth. So.
0: Ah, I apologize. I, I do yeah. apologize. It does say it's that um, hair, Robert Thompson, though, is still living in the UK. I, I think that, so. Um, so he's, he's fine and dandy. Well, good for you, Robert Thompson. Yeah, and they ah. have, I'm seeing, they have the little pictures of these little 10 year olds in the and the, you know, the, the the lineup here, their mug shots. Oh, just look at those little 10-year-old faces.
1: Little Fuck cherubs. Off.
0: Little cherubs. What monsters. Uh Oh, it's interesting here. For Robert Thompson, though, it says that um, following his eight-year sentence, eight years, Robert Thompson was freed and given a new identity, which we said already, at the age of 28, it was this was, that's when this was published. Age of 28 is believed that he is still living in the UK. In 2010, it was reported that he was in a long-term relationship with a man who knows his real identity. Uh, while he has not re-offended since being released, in a two-part documentary, one of the investigators who questioned Thompson suggested that he was the ringleader of the attack, calling him Street Mart and switched on robert replied saying i don't know oh no the the, the uh, investigator continued said i don't know how he was doing at school but he was switched on and he was trying to con me trying very hard but whatever screw these guys i don't want to read about him anymore oh well mike we got to take another time traveling excursion but i think that's good i need to take a breather here for a second because this this example that we're going to share after this after our time traveling excursion this one's really rough I mean, I mean,
1: I didn't. I didn't uh, glance through this one when I was checking it out. So you didn't. A, so it'll be a quite a read for me. Oh I my think, god!
0: Yeah. I thought that was like the one that you were like reacting to last night when you're going. to oh, like, nope, no!
1: Nope. I, I reacted long before that one.
0: Good <laughs> lord! Do you want me to? I, do you want me to? Uh, oh no! I can read it. You know,
1: I can tale? read that. No, it, it was uh, the stab wounds in the empty eye sockets. I think I quit about there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These poor people. Ugh, <laughs> it's horrible. God. And again, if you guys are interested, and I, I understand the interest. I really do. If you want to find those transcri- transcripts of the toolbox killers, um, murders and tortures, uh, they are online. Um, there's a lot of stuff about these monsters out there and some of the, just the unbelievably terrible demonic shit that they did to these poor girls. is. It was just for their joy. Pure pleasure, pure enjoyment, um, yep. making them... You you're, know, making them think evil. like they're going to escape. But then they're like, force them to pose in pornographic uh, positions. Uh, they would obviously take turns sexually assaulting them while the other ones watched, and they were just having a giggling, good, fun time torturing these people. Ugh. Mike's wincing right now. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> I am. <clears throat> uh. all, right, all right, okay, okay I'm going to take a breather uh, during this time-traveling excursion. Hopefully I won't pass out again. And no, then won't. we're going to come back and we're going to share at least one more of these just truly traumatic and terrible uh, true life cases. That's the yes, sad and it, on, frightening part, obviously.
1: On my time travel, I'm going to look for a brontosaurus. Oh,
0: for God's sakes. <laughs> All right. Good luck looking for that brontosaurus. Mike, you'll never be seen again. And we have returned from our final time traveling excursion. Final for this episode, that is. I did not pass out. And in, in fact, I think I went back to the um, Triassic era. Um, <laughs> not the Jurassic. Did not you the see Sam No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Triassic, I yeah, said. So, so, yes. so come on, get it straight. Get it straight. Wrong ASIC. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, whatever you want to call it. Era, period. You know, it goes. Um, Well, Mike, um, we've gotten through this so far. We have a little bit more to go. This is interesting because I thought this was what you were reacting to. This case that you're going to share right now, I thought this is what you you were reacting to last night, as I mentioned earlier, when you were going like, Nope, nope, nope. This is your uh, dry read-through here. It is. is, This
1: will be a blind reaction.
0: Oh, my God. This is the just... Utterly disgraceful case of I'm not poor,
1: gonna, like, gag or anything, am I? Oh,
0: my God. Poor, 13-month-old Amora Bain Carson. Try and oh. wrap your mind around that. 13 months old and what this poor child had to go through. Mike, this is your dry read-through here. Are you going to make it to the right. end
1: well, this could be a, a really good bit for many episodes. A good here, Mike, bit. <laughs> yeah, here, Mike, read this. Oh,
0: I see, I see, I got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got
1: gotcha. you. We could find the worst thing for each each of us to read, and then have you read it on air for the first
0: time. Well, not that we're going to do it this episode, but we need to get back to the other new bit of where you wrap up each episode with, but what they didn't tell you, and That's then you right. let everyone know the truth behind the stories that we've been rambling about. He I have the facts. He does, but we're not going there for this one though. No. We, believe it or not, we 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 do have respect for the victims, my God.
1: Absolutely. All right,
0: Mike, take it away here. This is this is pretty rough.
1: All right. Let me get my bifocals working here.
0: And your bearings.
1: Okay. The Amora Bain Carson case. And I already don't like it. Dry read. Amora Bain Carson, a 13-month-old baby who was tortured to death by her mother's boyfriend during an exorcism. There you go. An I'll tell exorcism. the story by copying some things from each of their appeals. Jessica Carson was the baby's mother, and the boyfriend was Blaine Millam. Jessica Carson was sentenced to life while Bilum, Blaine, Blaine, Blaine Millam was sentenced to death. All right, now here it, it even has a warning, a graphic content.
0: And Mike is myself. just so we just so we're clear, Mike is <clears> reading this like verbatim from ho- what the author wrote. And right. like I said, I think the author even said like I'm copying pasting copying and pasting mm-hmm. here. So just so you know, yeah. Mike isn't copying and pasting anything right now. He's just reading no. this from top to bottom.
1: Yes, and it just explaining what where this comes from. Yes. Okay. Uh Carson concluded that the child was like Chucky or Pet Cemetery, the horror movies, when the boy dies and comes back to life, all evil and stuff, because the child was biting Blaine to where it was drawing blood on his hands. After Milam returned to the child, he took a picture of her and gave it to Carson. One of the child's eyes was stretched and like warped down. Carson heard horrible cries from the child as Milam was attempting the exorcism. Oh, uh, I just lost it.
0: That's okay. You can take your time. Uh,
1: I mean, not me losing it physically. I mean, I actually, it, (laughs) it glitched on my phone here. I know. All right, (laughs) here we go.
0: We had just uh, mentioned that earlier too, about how it's, that's, some of these articles, when you share them, share the links, you know, from phone to phone, right. they, they just fly all over the place. You're like you're reading it, and all of a sudden, like an yeah. ad pops up, and then then you're yep. lost. That's forever. what it did. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay, back so on track? During,
1: okay. I am back on track. During the hours involved, the Millum had taken the child to a back bedroom in their small dwelling and wedged the, the door.
0: <clears throat> the door shut. See, Mishka doesn't like this either. I don't blame her. By any means.
1: Okay. Um, boy, I don't like the way this... Okay, there we go. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the evidence would allow a jury to conclude that Carson was necessarily aware of what was happening to the child. Because she admitted hearing the screams that accompanied such torture and because
0: she saw the child's deformed head. Right. I mean, duh. What? Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. She knows what's happening. She hears the screams and she saw physical evidence and she do anything about it. Hell no. No. Sorry, Mike.
1: After some time it passed and heard the sounds caused by the blows, they found blood uh, spatter stains consistent, consistent with blunt force trauma near the South bedroom. Among the items collected from the South bedroom were blood stained bedding and baby clothes, blood stained baby diapers and wipes. A tube of astroglide lubricant and a pair of jeans with blood stains on the lap. DNA testing later showed that Amora's blood was on these items. As a result of the exorcism conducted by Milam, Amora suffered innumerable, energi- <clears throat> innumerable in- injuries that led to her death. Forensic evidence showed the child was beaten so severely that the multitude of fractures to her skull connected with each other like a jigsaw puzzle, and her brain was torn and severely damaged. An arm and leg had spiral fractures, indicating they were twisted in two. Her torso was either struck by a blunt object or squeezed until the ribs and sternum broke. And her body, neck, chest, abdomen, buttocks, both elbows, both forearms, both feet, right arm, left shoulder, left upper arm, left hand, right thigh, and left knee was riddled with no less than 24 distinct bite marks. Okay,
0: now listen. Okay, this is an exorcism that this guy is going through because he's saying that this kid is like Chucky. This kid is possessed. This little kid has been biting Poor me. I am going to perform this exorcism. During this exorcism, I'm going to bite her 24 flipping times, and I'm going to twist her little arm and little legs so much with my own hands that you fracture her bones. Think about that for a second. The force that it takes to sit there and just twist. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm done. I'm not going to think about that. Go ahead, Mike. Ah, Ah. Sorry,
1: her head and face were so scraped and bruised that all the discrete injuries combined into one giant injury. Her liver was torn, and her vaginal and anal orifices were so torn that the vagina and rectum were actually connected. Uh,
0: yeah, Mike is you're just not good an injury
1: the forensic examiner had never seen before the underside of her tongue was lacerated from blunt force trauma she was also strangled because of all the injuries she sustained it was not possible to determine which one was the final injury and no specific singular cause of death was determinable forensic testimony reflected that several of the injuries standing alone would have each been fatal. Police were called several hours later. When they arrived, was uh, the child <clears throat> was entirely stiff and in rigor. Yeah. On December thirteenth.
0: That's that's good. That's good. It's okay. Yeah. Now now they're just getting into some other follow-up stuff here, but it's I don't even want to listen to that one anymore. But then again, you know, woe is us. We don't want to listen to it, and this yeah. poor thirteen-month-old child had it's to endure baby. That's a baby. Oh, yeah. that uh, seemed like you're you? You got through it pretty well there. I mean, but yours yeah. I could tell that it was kind of tough on you at a, at a few points. Um, don't blame you. Yeah, one iota.
1: That's good. One one iota. Yeah.
0: One Ray Liotta, no one Iota. I said, <laughs> yeah. Don't bring up Ray Liotta in Mike's presence because that's his favorite favorite gif of all time is the Ray Liotta laughing gif.
1: I was quite saddened at his passing.
0: Yeah, you were so saddened. You posted a laughing gif of Ray Liotta.
1: <laughs> it was a tribute.
0: I know it was tri- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! This poor. Oh, these, these are just. And I, you know beyond comprehension.
1: I've said this before with when we've done other things, shows like this, and, you know, about the Ted Bundys and all this, that, you know, there are things like this going on out there that we don't know of still. Exactly. That haven't been found. Yes. Things that could be worse. Uh, I remember we talked to Chris Jericho about that, and he wanted to believe that, well, they just don't happen anymore because we've caught up with the technology to keep this thing from not happening. And I remember saying, I don't believe that really because I think that these people are so sick that they are staying one step ahead until they can be caught up with and and dealt with.
0: No, I remember this that. Stuff, I remember this stuff that is still
1: going on and, it's, and it's, there's probably stuff going on that's worse than what Anybody can imagine, even after reading this this horribly brutal, you know,
0: examples. Yeah, it's it's. No, I remember um, when we were speaking with him too. We were talking very briefly about like the idea of modern day serial killers and how it just doesn't, you know. And we're not saying this flippantly, but it's like, you know, like the golden age, I'm doing quotes here, golden age of serial killers has seemed to have long since gone. You know, thank goodness if that were true, but it may not be true because nowadays, like, serial killers are just as flippin' lazy as everyone else. They want, just like everyone wants fast food, they want fast service, they want instant internet, they want instant access to all information everywhere. Well, they want to be able to brutally murder multiple people instantly. So what do they do? They climb to you know or they go up to a a room in a high-flying vegas hotel and they blow away how many ever people you know in in one night in a couple hours that's just one example
1: what an example what what about a a week or so ago in fargo north dakota my hometown uh uh there's on 25th avenue there where i drive all the time there is a little fender bender to somebody rear-ended another car so the cops responded to that two cop cars two sets of cops, four cops they were there dealing with this totally innocent small fender bender when in a parking lot right across from where these police were comes out with this semi-automatic rifle and shoots three of them kills one of them and the fourth cop seeing all this engaged in the, the this guy with his nine millimeter from like 70 feet 75 feet away disabled his his gun and uh, uh as the shooter was grabbing for his his nine millimeter and f- flailing it around the cop was able to take him out but it was found out that he was taken out and for some reason he stopped probably waiting for these cops as an ambush is what they figured. But his car was full of gasoline, explosives, ammunition, like you would not believe. He was on his way down to downtown Fargo to the street fair. And this one cop, one cop left was there, took him out and saved how many people that would have been, just like you were saying, he had gasoline and bombs, handmade grenade, Things like
0: that. And not he have, like, amazing. propane tanks or something? Propane tanks as well. God. Thank God for that officer. I Ugh. mean, and then, but then they, you know, the officer tragically loses his life. Right. And this... Uh, 23
1: oh. years old, he was on the force for, like, three months.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. He had been on for just three months. My goodness gracious. See, I had actually heard that it was, like, his first... Maybe it was someone who's exaggerating the story, but I had heard that was like his first day on the job, or or, you know, I don't uh, know if it was was that awful, but
1: no, it was it was he was three months with the force, yeah. Christ. But anyway,
0: well, Well, I have a few other uh, quick examples we can fly through, Mike, uh, (laughs) if you're okay with it. So much death. Oh man, no, um, there's just so much freaking sickness out there. Uh, like the case of um, Isai uh sagawa you know isai sagawa he was a japanese man who fell for a woman named renee hartvelt while he was staying in france and he invited renee over to where he was staying while there though of course he snuck up behind her and shot her in the head he then ate her flesh for three days until he was caught in a park with two suitcases filled with her dismembered body parts so that's good old good old isai magawa that's his example. Now, um, the, the great story of Lisa Montgomery. Uh, very touching story of Lisa Montgomery. She, she wanted a baby really bad. Montgomery lied constantly about being pregnant and losing her babies. In 2004, she befriended actually pregnant Bobby Joe Stinnett, Stinnay, showed up at Bobby Joe's house, strangled Bobby Joe with a rope, then cut up, Bobby Joe's belly and removed her baby.
1: That happened in Fargo as well.
0: Good Christ.
1: Not this story, I don't believe, but that did happen to a woman in Fargo.
0: Bobby Joe was only passed out, and so she woke up and tried to wrestle with Lisa to get away from her, but then Lisa eventually killed Bobby Joe. This thing blows my mind. The Greyhound of Bus murderer. But this is labeled as a Greyhound bus murder because guess what? This guy was released as well. This took place in, well, you guessed it, on a Greyhound bus back in 2008 when Vince Lee stabbed and beheaded 22 year old Tim McLean, like I said, while on board a packed Greyhound bus. He proceeded to sever the rest of McLean's body parts and eat them in front of the shocked passengers. Whoa. Do you remember Whoa. this? No. <laughs> but of course, good old, good old Vince Lee was found not criminally responsible because, oh yeah, he suffered from mental illness. And guess what? He's currently free.
1: But what you didn't know about this story <laughs> oh, Christ. is he thought that he was on that show Man vs. Food.
0: Well, it's a common mistake, and then he just kind of lost it a little bit. So I understand.
1: Yeah, and the smell from the back of the bus didn't uh, God, didn't help just, much either.
0: I mean, you kind of be kidding me. This guy beheads a person <clears throat> and eats him in front and of nobody people. Nobody stops it. That's another thing too. What they're all just standing there like they're entertained. I mean, what the hell is going on there? I'm assuming <clears throat> it was so packed. That no one noticed, and he was in the far back. I don't know. No one noticed this guy screaming as his head was being chopped off?
1: Yeah, and and there's not blood going, splattering all over the place and being noticed?
0: It is just unreal. Have you heard of the the Ken and Barbie murderers? That's another case that is just sickening. sounds
1: familiar, yeah. Uh,
0: Paul Bernardo and Carla Holmica, they were a uh, rich, young, good-looking couple, but they actually got off on killing people. And they raped and murdered three women, this couple here, including Homica's little sister, who was, quote-unquote, given to Paul Bernardo by Homica as a Christmas gift. Yeah, there was a um, true crime documentary special on this couple. Because they, just like the Toolbox Killers, not only recorded this on audio, they also filmed their drugging, raping, and uh, eventually murdering of these poor girls. So, great people, these guys. I believe that Paul Bernardo is still in prison, but Carla is released because she spoke out against him. She testified against Paul, even though she uh, gave up her sister for him. But she's out there free. <sighs> Isn't that great? They did it. Nah. Right. Just, uh, I those, had nothing
1: to do with it. Nah.
0: What's, what's the saying? No honor among thieves? No honor among <laughs> um, murderers, I guess? I
1: guess they don't believe in... Niches get stitches. I anyway.
0: <sighs> good crummy Christmas. Um, I don't even know if I want to share any more of these. They just make me want to vomit. <laughs> but the last one I will um, share, Mike, is the um, the case, the sad case of uh, Sylvia Likens. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. Mm. It's more just tragic sadness. I had it pulled up here on the computer, actually. So briefly, the, the, this terrible case. Uh, Sylvia Likens, born 1949, uh, murdered 1965. She was an American teenager who was tortured and murdered by her caregiver, Gertrude Boniszewski, along with many of Boniszewski's children and several of their neighborhood friends. The abuse of Sylvia lasted for over three months, occurring incrementally before Likens died from her extensive injuries and malnourishment on October 26, 1965. Likens, Sylvia Likens was increasingly neglected, belittled, sexually humiliated, beaten, starved, lacerated, burned, and dehydrated by her tormentors. Again, this, this, is, this was ran by her caretaker, Mrs. Gertrude Maniszewski.
1: It's something that went on for a long, long time months. until it just took, took over in months and killed her. Yeah. Sylvia's
0: autopsy showed 150 wounds across her body, including several burns, scald marks, and eroded skin. Uh, even her younger sister, Jenny, through intimidation, was forced to participate in her older sister's mistreatment. The official cause of Sylvia's death was determined to be a homicide caused by a combination of subdural hematoma and shock combined with severe malnutrition. You know, it's it, the details are absolutely just mind-numbing, but some of the sexual abuse that she went through, she was this poor girl after being beaten and tortured. She was also forced to strip naked and... Masturbate with a Pepsi Cola bottle in front of the neighbors and the friends and the families before she was further beaten and tortured. Just wonderful people, this Gertrude Manizuski and her her friends and family.
1: So all these people that witnessed this and participated, none of them are...
0: no, they just they're all just going along with the story. And this poor sixteen-year-old girl, just she's she's dead. So. Mm. Mike, I can't uh, take this. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, man, alive. Um, well, all jokes aside, we do hope that you guys um, enjoyed. Oh, that's a tough term. Um, we hope you got through this episode uh, less scathed than we did emotionally. But um, yeah, I, I. How do you I wrap up a show be- like this? How do you wrap up a, 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 an episode with content like this?
1: Uh I don't know. I have no idea. I, <laughs> I mean see know. after we started reading this crap, everything started falling apart. It's I like,
0: know. It's well, you're... Like stumbling through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like our our it's natural, like a mental shock. Our natural attempts at humor just do not seem appropriate at all. Um, but hey, that's that's okay because we're 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 good humans, unlike the people we spoke well, of
1: today. I felt bad about my man versus food joke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mike, we gotta try and have some sort of levity, no matter what. It's just, uh, it, it's our oh, coping, yeah. our coping mechanism. Okay, that's all it we is. Mean. Well, thank oh, hey, you everybody um, for tuning in. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, well, I was just
1: gonna say, you know, I just wanted to remind people again, uh, we are looking for uh, that feedback about the whole YouTube situation. Absolutely,
0: and we and we're so, sincere about that. We're serious. Very. Um, it's probably going going to happen. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't even say that. And the chances are, we'll say it's 50-50 right now. Yeah. And we <laughs> we need to hear from you guys. We think it'd be a good idea. I mean, we'd love to see if you're subscribed to you know our podcast on iTunes and all that stuff. Well, you'd have to go and subscribe to YouTube. Um, but here's the perk about that. You go subscribe to YouTube. You listen to us on YouTube. You get not only all this stuff here, the audio episodes, but we'll be posting a bunch of cool video shit, including Mike has a great idea.
1: I do. Share I, that. It just, it came across me like a, like a bolt of thunder.
0: And what is it again? <laughs> bolt of
1: lightning with a bit of thunder. Okay. So the, uh, the Debbie mirror, I have dubbed it the Debbie mirror that we've talked about before on the show is that uh, we believe had Debbie's face print and fingerprints on. exactly. Um, well, it was it been a couple of months ago that I first thought about doing something with this, and I had kind of toyed with an idea. But this time, I am going to, for YouTube, do some video of some scrying. Myself doing some scrying into the Debbie
0: mirror. I love that idea. I love that. And now you ha- you're gonna you have to make a a, a the setting like appropriate too, right? Are, are you- oh,
1: it's yeah. Absolutely, okay. and it's gonna. I mean, uh, actually, it's gonna have a spot here in the podcast. Um, milk here.
0: Uh, oh, very cool.
1: So it's gonna stay here as as a.
0: I I think people. that's a excellent idea, and I think that would be a perfect addition to our video content on YouTube. You know, if that yeah. goes well, I mean, it will be. It'd be so easy just to continuously upload great, you know, right. video content. You know, we'll have video exclusive episodes. Obviously, we're still going to be posting all of our own paranormal investigation content. You know, video and audio. We have plans, shit coming up. Um, yeah, lots of cool stuff coming up. Actually, um, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but it should be pretty darn cool, Mike. This has really been cool tonight. That's always cool meeting up with you the content the content isn't cool but recording the podcast and doing this is always a joy and a pleasure so i thank you for joining me again my friend um yeah absolutely until next time my friend and all of our awesome listeners out there hey if you want to support us um there's no patreon episode anymore or patreon content anymore for the time being and probably forever But there's, I, I just saw this on our Twitter page. There's actually like a a tip jar, essentially, that you could actually put on your Twitter accounts, or I guess it's really? called X now, or whatever the hell it's called, yeah, thanks to X. Elon Musk. But there's like a tip jar on there. And so if you go to the Paranomaly Zone Twitter slash X account and you want to support us, you can drop like a dollar in there or something. I have that wow. option up there. So yeah, it's kind of... I like that. That's kind of cool. So um, huh. hey, why
1: not? And- Use it as a swear jar. Every time you swear, <laughs> hey, put a put a dollar in that tip
0: jar. Absolutely. So I, I, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd like. I mean, that'd be pretty neat. Even if we got like fifty cents, it'd be kind of cool. So. well, Yeah. But we got lots of stuff planned. Um, let us know uh, the feedback. Let us know what you guys would like to hear if we're doing a good job and all that. Yeah. Let
1: stuff. us know too what you think about this uh, graphic content. If it's something that you yeah. can handle, if you don't, if you can't handle it, let us know. Let us know. We'll do it anyway.
0: Mike, what do our awesome friends of the podcast need to do?
1: Peace out.